Good morning. Good morning. Technical stuff. Good morning. Okay, Baruch Hashem. Boys and girls, good morning. Sorry about the delay. Technical uh, difficulties. Just a few announcements before we make uh, some comments on the Pedasha. Want to congratulate the uh, Judaic scholars this morning. Uh, they attended a lecture by a renowned rabbi who's also a researcher in medical halakha, and they learned about some fascinating things about the human body, embryos, fetuses, and kidneys, and everything in between. And uh, they were very impressed to see how the Torah is actually progressive, it's ahead of its time, and what they're just figuring out in Harvard today, the Torah knew about it 5,000 years ago, and the rabbi proved it to us, so that was an exceptional. I hope we could have many more programs like that to bring Jewish scholars to the yeshiva, so the boys and girls, Bezat Hashem, will be able to benefit. So Hazaka Baruch on that. Uh, just an update on the three initiatives that are in progress. As we talk, there are three initiatives going on in the school simultaneously. One again is the Sisit initiative. I want to thank our star student, Mr. Stephen Barnathan, that has championed this cause and with his uh, uh, aggressiveness and his uh, charm, he was able to convince over 63 students, and I'm the 64th actually, to wear his seat every single day. Uh, I'm proud to say that he hasn't convinced one girl to wear his seat, so that's good. But he has. Uh, I'd like to thank uh, Mr. Ralph Vader that made a generous donation to all the CCO. I am sorry to announce. I am sorry to announce that we have run out of free CC, but I am happy to announce we will be getting a shipment on Monday, so whoever needs a free pair of CC. I don't know if you heard, but anti-Semitism unfortunately is rampant, and we're living in a very dangerous world. One rabbi told me that CC is like a bulletproof vest. It's a protection, and if there's any generation that needs protection from the street, it's this. So where you CC, enjoy it exactly. And I'm glad we'll be able to fill up these papers uh, very soon. Stephen. I want to talk very quickly about the Tehillim Initiative. This is something that is a game changer for the yeshiva, for the community. We thought that the girls will accept upon themselves for 40 days to read the Tehillim once, from cover to cover, 150 chapters. Before we knew it, the girls actually were able to divide the chapters twice. So our girls are reading cover to cover, 150, 300 chapters a day of Tehillim for a list. I have the list. I am, unfortunately, there's 300 people on the list. And the list is growing, but I told you it's going to get diminished as the tefillot uh, start to concur. So again, Hazakabaru girls, Tehillim books are coming for you next week. I got a beautiful Tehillim book with MDY Project Tehillim on it. It's our gift. Finally, we had a banner week. We had Rabbi Asher here this week that spoke to us about Emunah. 
and gave us some riveting stories about the precision of God's uh, supervision of the world. We gave out books, uh, pamphlets with blank pages, which is basically a personal diary of your Imuna stories. I told you my story about the spit on the floor and the guy that broke his knee. Everybody has stories like that. You just have to pay attention and be aware. I hope that everybody will start putting their entries in the book. And if you have something good, please come to me and show it. One of the girls already came to me with an incredible story shortly thereafter that. And uh, it's going to make it to the final book that we're going to print at the end of the year with all our minute of the day, Hadushim, that we give every day, plus Imunah stories at the end. I ask all the teachers to please promote these three initiatives in your classes. Remind them about the Sisi. Please remind them about Tehillim reading and remind them to put their entries in Imunah. So that's, Yeshiva's on a great path. In the few minutes that I have remaining, because Isaac Sen's going to speak to us right when I'm done, one comment on this week's Pirashah. Pirashah begins, the Be'er B'nai Yisrael, speak to the Jewish people, V'yikhuli tirumah, and take from me a donation. We had to take donations in order to eventually build a Mishkan, which is a temporary Beta Mikdash. It's a transient Beta Mikdash that moves with the Jewish people in the Midbar. Eventually, when we get to Israel, we would build a permanent structure. And this Mishkan was made out of gold and silver and copper and a lot of precious metals and materials, and it costs money. Anytime you build, it costs money. And where did the money come from? It came from donations. So the Pasuk says, speak to the Jewish people and let them take a donation. V'yikhuli terumah. Lakahat is to take. Now, I wouldn't have used that word. I would have said, the Be'er B'nai Yisrael, v'yitinuli terumah, and let them give a donation. After all, when a person's giving charity, he's giving and he's not taking, so why does the Torah use the reverse word? B'nai Yisrael yikhu terumah? No. B'nai Yisrael yitnu terumah. That's the question that I came to ask this morning. <clears throat> I'd like to say a very important answer, and it's based on something that is very true. They say that you can't take it with you. What do they mean by that? The richest people that had millions of dollars in their bank accounts, that had buildings and portfolios of all assets all over the world. What happens at the time of death? What do they take with them in the grave? Well, you know the answer. They take nothing. You cannot take any of the assets of this physical world and bring them to the next world. They're non-transferable. It's legal tender in this world, but in the next world, it's monopoly money. They don't use that currency, and therefore it has no value. Hachamim tell us, however, there is only one form of commodity that is transferable that you can take with you. It's the true asset. It's only the real, true wealth that a person has. And what is that? Exactly. Torah and mitzvot. All other investments are temporary. The only thing that remains with you for eternity, forever, is what you did in the realm of mitzvot and Torah. That you'll have in your bank account for eternity. And that's why, although we have to make money and we have to involve ourselves in living in this world, you've got to have a house, you have to have clothes, 
but that shouldn't be our primary drive and focus because at a certain time it's perishable. You know what perishable means? They once asked Maimonides. Maimonides, besides being a scholar, knew a lot about investments. So they asked Maimonides, if you're investing, should you invest in something that is perishable or non-perishable? I'll give you the example. I could buy a hundred pounds or a hundred kilo of tomatoes. Or I could buy a gold ring. What should I buy according to Rambam? What would you say, boys, girls? Tomatoes or a ring? Why? Why is it more valuable? Because in, in two weeks or less, the tomatoes are going to spoil. So why would you invest in a perishable item? In 200 years, the ring will still be in existence. So you always invest in the permanent and not in the temporary. All the things of this world are tomatoes. They're temporary investments. Because at the end of time, you can't bring them to Olam What we're doing now is a gold ring. We're benefiting today from this talk. But in a million years from now, in Olam we're still going to be reaping the benefits. So therefore, those that are wise, they always try to find the permanent investment, which is specifically Torah and mitzvot. Somebody once told me an amazing story. There was a rich man in Israel, very wealthy man. And before he died, he left a will to his children. And he said, please, on the day that you bury me, I have one request, bury me with my socks. When the Hebrak Kadishah, the burial society, opened the will, bury with socks? We're not allowed to bury with socks. They only bury the person in shrouds, and the shrouds don't even have pockets because you can't take anything with you. So there's no reason to have pockets. We can't bury. And they said, but our father said, please bury him with socks. We can't. He only had one request. We're demanding. We want to go to the Bedin. They go to the Bedin. The rabbis say, no, Halakha says you can't bury with socks. But our father left a will. Doesn't matter. He has no right to go against Jewish law. We're sorry. We cannot acquiesce. The children were very sad. Their father asked them for one measly thing and they couldn't make good on it. No socks. 30 days later, there was a second letter that their father said to open up after he dies. This letter should be opened up 30 days after my burial. 30 days later, they open it up. My dear children, don't worry. I knew the Hevra Kadisha wasn't going to bury me with socks. Don't feel bad. But the reason why I told you that is because I wanted to show you. Even a rich man like me can't even take a pair of socks with him. They won't even let him take a $2 pair of socks. You take nothing. Even a measly pair of socks from this world cannot be brought to the next. He was basically telling his children, we have a lot of money, but unless you give it away to tzedakah, unless you do chesed with it, you're involved in tomatoes. And tomatoes eventually are going to perish. Now I go back to the beginning pasuk that I said. V'yikhuli terumah, take tzedakah. Why take? Because when you give tzedakah, you know what you're actually doing? You're giving, but you're actually taking. Taking for who? Taking for yourself. It's like taking $50 from one pocket and putting it in the other pocket. Well, I'll give you a better example. If you ever went to the bank, when you go to the bank and you make a, um, a withdrawal, so you write a slip out, 100 bucks, you write your account on it, 
and you give it to the, uh, to the teller. And the teller says, okay, and she gives you 100 bucks. Do you thank her profusely? You say, oh, you're so kind. I appreciate it. You're unbelievable. But you thank her just because you have derecheres, but she's really not giving you anything. She's giving you your money. That money is in your account. When you're giving money to the poor person, you know what you're actually doing? You're making a deposit into your bank account. So although the ani, the poor man or the institution is like a bank teller, they're going to take the money, but they deposit it into your personal bank account in heaven. So when you're giving charity, you're really not giving. Well, I should say, you're not only giving. More importantly, you're taking. And that's the great lesson of Sedaqah. Take for yourself. Invest in the permanent. Now, Sedaqah is only one example. But I want to use this example to teach you a deep lesson from the holy books. The next word in the Pasuk says, Take for me. Rashi on the word li says, Lishmi. When you give Sedaqah, you should give it for my name's sake. What does that mean? Well, give the tzedakah l'shem shamayim. You should give charity because it's God's will. Don't only give charity because it's the right thing, it's compassionate, it's ethical, that's for sure. But your motivation should be, I'm giving it because Hashem wants me to give it. But there's a deeper interpretation. Who knows the name of Hashem, the holy name of Hashem? There's four letters. What are the four letters of the name of Hashem? Yud, and a he, and a vav, and a he. The mitzvah of tzedakah is so great that when you give charity, you're actually spelling out the name of Hashem. How? Let's say I have, I'll do a mashah right now. Okay, I have a dollar. Well, when you give it to the poor man, you fold it up. So now it's a very small folded up or a coin. What's the smallest letter in the alphabet? Yud. So this is like the letter Yud. It's in my hand. How many fingers do I have? Five. That's the letter what? Here. So now Yud, here. And now I extend it to the Ani. What letter is this? This is a Vav. And now the Ani opens his palm. That's five. That's He. And therefore, every time you're giving Siddhaqah, you're actually spelling Yud, He, Vav, and then He. And that's what the Pasuk means. When you give Siddhaqah, give it Lishmi. Have my name involved. Think of the holy blessing of the Shem Kadosh, the shape of mercy, Yudke Vavke. And therefore, just like God is eternal, the mitzvah that you do is eternal as well. So my advice to our members, succeed, you're going to get benefits forever. You're not going to get reward for the sweater that you're wearing or the undershirt. That's perishable, that's tomatoes. Girls, all the books that you're reading and all the other stuff that you're doing, it's great, but it's a temporary investment. The tehillim that you're reading, that's not socks. That's something you're going to take with you forever. And therefore, the imunah that you have, that's a permanent investment. So be wise. Don't spend time on the temporary. Spend time on the permanent. Don't spend time on the perishable. Spend time on the non-perishable. Don't give, but actually take for yourself and enhance your ulam And if that's the case, and we have the right focus, and we have the right drive, and we have the right insight and we know exactly where to direct our energies. At the end, after 120 years of long and healthy life, we'll be set up properly in Olamba Emet. Thank you very much.